Hello and welcome to the Girls on Fire podcast. This week we're talking about well-being. While we strive for academic success, well-being is always at the forefront of the college experience MLC provides. This week's episode is hosted by Senior Year's Deputy Principal Rosemary Dunn to discuss MLC's well-being approach. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm really excited um, to be here this afternoon because we're talking about wellbeing at MLC, which is very close to our heart and what is embedded in our wellbeing curriculum. I have Tanya Henry with me, who's one of our senior college psychologists, and Helen Gillenhausen, who's been our head of year 12, moving to head of year 9, and also our health coordinator. So we really would love to share what wellbeing looks like at MLC with you um, and just talk through some different situations with student wellbeing and what we do at MLC, which makes well-rounded global citizens and confident independent girls leaving MLC at the end of each year. So let's start with some questions. So um, shall we start with you, Helen? So what does student wellbeing mean to you? Well, for student wellbeing, it's about overcoming a range of challenges. Every student is an individual and every student experiences different things, both in uh, transitioning from peer pressure, family conflict, moving from primary school to high school, increased demands of study, and being able to overcome those challenges and be persistent in making sure that they get their skills together and practice those skills and have a safe environment to practice those skills is really important. And then a time for reflection afterwards. Thank you. And uh, Tanya, I know you've got some great um, viewpoints around this too. As part of that, can you also explain what transition looks like from at the beginning of year seven through orientation week? Do you know about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I probably have a different hat on like as a school psychologist, kind of following on from what Helen was saying, um, when we look at student well being in general and then I can sort of talk to that specific transition but student well-being as a school psychologist I think that the best thing that I see happen at MLC is not just that individual one-on-one in the room with me but actually the population perspective so we know that academic focus is not the only focus for a student here but also the skills in learning to develop their social and emotional functioning as well and we see that sort of embedded I generally believe in everything here the relationship that the heads of years have with the students, um, the more formal wellbeing program. And so what you're seeing is not just a focus on how do we develop a academic skill set and how do we develop sort of math and English skills, but how are we developing the girls ability to engage socially and build respectful relationships with their teachers and their peers, but also emotionally, how are they Uh, looking after themselves so that they're in the best place to be able to actually access the academic curriculum. So, you know, we always look at the fact that if a student's not coping emotionally or within their well-being, then it is going to be very difficult for them to actually access the academic. So I see that as something that that MLC does really well. Um, In terms of the specific transition, I I think that it happens, it's happened smoothly, you know, Um, the programs that are, are kind of carried out in the junior school are complemented in the senior school and certainly with 2020 coming around we're trying to focus on that more and and looking at how can we bring those systems from what they're doing in the earlier years and build on them to develop in in the senior years. Thank you. So we all we can't understate how important wellbeing is part of a student school education. Um, it's definitely embedded in everything we do. So we're very fortunate that all teachers um, play a role within that but um, we designate what I like to call the adult advocate through our mentors. So they are the person that meets with your daughter every single day. 
to make sure that she's ready for the operational side of the day, as well as um, any sort of little issues that may arise through the year, um, or just being that person that's familiar to them and, and their parents. So from that, the mentor actually works with the head of year. So we're very fortunate that the head of year seven moves up to head of year eight. So there's a two year transition um, occurring with the girls. And it's a really lovely relationship that develops with the girls and the parents. And then from year nine onwards, we have our head of year nine who travels with the girls right until you year 12. And alongside that, um, wherever possible, we have the mentors moving with the girls as well. Um, we've brought that from year eight upwards. Um, so very fortunate that the girls actually um, have that relationship continuing with them and they learn and grow and develop together. Overseeing that, obviously, we have our clinical psychologists there as well. So they meet with the heads of year um, every fortnight. Um, and then we work with the girls um, as individuals, any small group situations that may arise, whether it be with friendships or social dynamics as well as the whole cohort and any programs or guest speakers or wellbeing initiatives that we need to put in place. Then I'm very fortunate as the deputy principal to actually work with the whole team. So um, I oversee um, all of the pastoral care in the seniors with um, a wonderful team, the pastoral care team. Um, I always say them a bit like big brother, so you don't know that I'm there, but I'm actually there and I do know how the girls travel from year seven to year 12. So I'm very fortunate in what I do. Um, so it is a really, really important integral part of our student school education. I think our MLC vibe and our wellbeing um, is lived um, and enacted on every single day. It's not just a program, but from um, your perspective, Helen, what, how do you see it? I think we're exceptionally fortunate at Methodist Ladies College where we have evidence-based programs embedded through the curriculum and not just through the curriculum in, say, the health program, but it works through in relation to linking with further curriculum such such as a religious education program, the outdoor education program, so that we're going to provide the opportunities for the students to experience some of life's difficulties and challenges in a safe environment, but provide them with the skill set to cope. Uh, and working with the psychologist enables a head of year to have that positive psychology approach and making sure that the top programs available are the ones that we use and the ones that we take into further investigation to build those core competencies in our students. Yeah, absolutely. And just before I, I hand back to you, Tanya, and see what, what your perspective is around that, the other part that works alongside that is our house system. So we actually have a vertical mentoring system. So the girls are actually in houses with their MMT group and also have um, the vertical system where they're in um, groups with 7 to 12. So they've got that lovely uh, role modelling from the older students to the younger students. They get to do lots of events. Um, so it's very intrinsic in everything that they do. Um, you probably know a little bit more um, on that too, Helen, but we also have those lovely Heather Lamont, the inter-school house, athletics and swimming carnival. So that sense of belonging is really important in everything we do. And what the girls get an opportunity to do is to learn sort of the those practical skills and strategies of the social emotional well-being but in a really fun environment where they're embodied and have a sense of belonging with their house and the students both in their cohort and then uh, below and above them. So maybe you might like to touch on this a little bit more so on the student school education. Do you want to say something around that Tanya? Absolutely and I think I think the thing is 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 well-being you know, is is integral to the student school education here at MLC. And I think that the student isn't just seen as a grade. I think the whole child is generally seen. And there's a 
uh, a motto here, find your fire. And I think it actually is certainly something that everybody's working towards to find a student's individual strengths and to, to kind of essentially, yeah, let them find their fire. So whatever that might be in to, to help them to then um, enact those strengths and then get support for any struggles they might have as well. But I think if you look at what actually helps a student academically, um, the lifestyle focus that's also taught here about the importance of sleep and movement and nutrition and social and emotional functioning skill development means that a student is the best that they can be when they're learning about the importance of things like sleep and the importance of movement and the importance of nutrition to, to you know, food as fuel and things like that. They are learning here that that's really, really important for them and that they're able to do the best that they can academically in life if they're sort of looking after and nurturing that well-being side of things as well. Well said, Tanya. So from your perspective, Helen, what other initiatives do we put in place to support student well-being through the well-being program you do with the cohort? The number one thing is the relationships that you build with the students, both as a head of year, as a mentor, as a teacher, and even just uh, for the relationships they build amongst themselves and their peers. They only can be as best as what they can feel comfortable being kind of that Maslow's hierarchy of needs and feeling safe, identifying and being able to manage their feelings, to make and maintain friends, to solve a lot of their social problems. And if they're struggling with that, to know that they have a safety net and someone that they can talk to that without judgment, without fear, that they can work through uh, think optimistically and then that when they've got that they can start promoting their own self-esteem and bounce back from those difficulties that are thrown their way and when they do that is when they start to flourish and what I've seen at uh, MLC is not just flourish but beyond where they're really reaching that self-actualization of leadership and the opportunities are um, are there and they so many of the girls are ready and they're up and they're taking and by the time of year 12 my prefects this year were amazing actually the whole cohort was amazing in stepping up and leading the college excellent um one thing i really do love about our pastoral care team is that we're always reflective and always look on um, best practice so we've just gone through a well-being curriculum review um and we've just looked at what's worked what hasn't what's on point um what's the current research and making sure it's on point at any point and time and need. And obviously with the challenges of COVID, COVID and mental anxiety at the moment, um, we're really making sure that we make sure it's current and on point. So would you like to talk through some of the different strategies that we're going to put into play into the SY and just making sure that transition from JY to SY is more seamless because we are one school, one college. So we've incorporated the five R's. So would you like to talk to that a little bit more? So with the five R's, we're really basing ourselves in a positive psychology approach and we're really looking at uh, what we call five R's, resilience, self-regulation, resourcefulness, respect for relationships and responsibility. Now, each of those words, it's really easy to say it was a bit of a buzzword, but if you look at the essence and the core of what they're trying to create and what the students are trying to experience, we're giving them, say, for an example, resilience, where they have opportunities of taking on challenges such as a range of outdoor ed camps right from year three all the way through uh, to year nine. And then what we do is that they have that uh, opportunity to have that experiential learning and then to reflect afterwards. Then we look at the with resilience 
is persistence, bouncing back after difficulty. And if the girls are and the students are aware that this is what we're sort of aiming towards and it's not going to be a shock when they're asked to say, okay, how can we change that from unhelpful thinking to helpful thinking? Because there's a common language that we use. And that's something that we're really trying to flow through. So there's a much easier transition from our students from the junior school to the senior school. And with that comes that growth mindset, that moulding and flexibility as they move through and find their own identity, but also find what they want beyond and their purpose. The next R in it is is self-regulation. So when we look at regulation, the importance of the girls understanding their emotions, we use the term name it to tame it. So getting the girls to understand that sometimes they will feel anxious, that that's really, really common and normal and adults feel it too. Getting them to understand that sometimes they will feel upset or disappointed or sad and that that is a part of the normal human condition. We want the girls to understand that all emotions of every kind of level are normal and have a confidence in their ability to be able to cope with them. By teaching emotional regulation, we're getting the girls to feel more self-efficacious in themselves and be able to understand that, oh, okay, well, today I'm feeling anxious about, say, this oral presentation, but that I can do it and that actually facing your fears is the way to overcome them. There's a lot of research in the field of psychology at the moment that anxiety is in fact on the rise in young females particularly. So we're seeing it here at school. You're seeing it at home. The research is really clear that we are seeing it more. So here at MLC, we're identifying that And we're actually saying, well, hey, let's equip our girls with being able to identify it and being able to to develop the strategies to be able to not be scared of it, but actually to to kind of normalize it and cope with it. So with things like mindfulness, yoga, breathing, stress management, actually in our year 10 to 12 program, the girls are going to be out walking the river learning about the importance of exercise for regulation. They're going to be doing some mindfulness, doing some breathing, hopefully doing some yoga. So rather than just learning about regulation, we're actually embedding it within the program. So they're going to be doing it and then reflecting on how much that actually impacts on their mental state at that given time. I'm coming. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Dunn's joining us. And and actually on that, we also do look at staff. We look at staff and we look at staff wellbeing and the importance of that. And certainly our uh, PLD days here, so our professional uh, development days for staff have become a focus on what can we be doing for stress management? Because what we know is that adults are struggling as well. So we're kind of role modeling to the girls that it's it's really, really important to take charge of your self-care and create pockets of joy and and time for self as well. The next one is resourcefulness. And this is something if you've ever had the pleasure of seeing Dr. Judith Locke, she has spoken at the school a number of times and she talks about resourcefulness quite a bit. And that's the use of problem solving skills. So, you know, in the day to day, we're teaching MLC girls the importance of, well, problems are going to come up in life. They do. That's what happens. And to take the initiative to improve a situation. So we talk to the girls very often when they come to us with a problem, we ask them the question, what have you tried so far? And and getting the girls to understand that, you know, they're, they've always got choices, there's always options and that every action they take is consequences. 
knowing where to look for information is a really big thing. So, you know, there's so many avenues for them to help seek at this school, directing them in the right place if they do need a little bit of a helping hand. And the actual wellbeing program in 2022 has a big focus on help seeking and where to go for that. And I'm really excited alongside that we've got, we've um, expanded on our guest speakers as well for 2022. So obviously we've had Judith Lott come for the last few years and we expand on that. We've got Dr. Marnie Lishman working with the students and the staff. So self-care on both sides, which is really exciting. Uh, we've got Paul Dillon coming back. We've had um, Melinda Tankard-Reese coming through. We've got a great relationship with Red Frogs. Um, we've got David Castanelli, just to name a few. So it's really exciting that we provide these opportunities for people to come in and speak to our girls and then we embed it within our wellbeing program. Not only providing like the top uh, guest speakers, but top resources available in the uh, in our library, but also through our psychologists, and making sure that the heads of year are working with research based programs in which they are providing the best. Uh, evidence-based programs for our students to build their resourcefulness and that takes away because if you look up information when there's an issue we are inundated and they go straight to Dr Google and it's like well girls let's look at the different options and let's try and cut that down to cut the confusion. Um, And responsibility is obviously a really important factor around this too so you know Uh, We have a very strong um, belief in college values, integrity, the mastery, the enterprise and the justice. So that's embedded in everything that we do. So really making sure the girls role model the school values, um, you know, in simple ways, just using their manners, you know, that social etiquette, you know, how do you behave in different scenarios to make sure that that you're doing the right thing and, and take your own responsibility around your actions, whether they be at home in the classroom, walking in and outside the classroom using school equipment, um, just being sustainable in the environment that they're in and just taking that sense of responsibility and what that should look like. Last but not least is respectful relationships. So this makes up the fifth on the sort of R's and it's the most important I think here as well of all of them being really important but looking at positive ways to interact with one another. We know that in this world it is a social world as humans. We are social creatures with needs but also just in terms of business and and looking at the way that our world works, relationships are certainly what makes the world go round. And so here at MLC, we're we're teaching the girls about the importance of uh, respectful relationships. And I'll ask Helen to talk a little bit on, uh, you know, really good program we've got coming next year, Keeping Safe. Um, That's that's certainly a a new element to our wellbeing curriculum for next year that I think is going to be really wonderful. But we're teaching the girls about the importance of listening, the importance of of communicating and the importance of celebrating each other's achievements. Something that often comes up is conflict resolution. So we know even in the workplace, we're teaching the girls that sometimes, you know, you're not necessarily going to agree with your friend or your teacher, but there's, there's ways of, of dealing with that uh, that's appropriate and respectful, you know, and that that does certainly tie into regulation as well. Emotions are involved in relationships and we're teaching the girls through the wellbeing curriculum, but also through their day-to-day interactions, that it's their responsibility to regulate 
regulate so that they can communicate in a respectful way. It also means that they have a responsibility to know when there are in unsafe environments and also understand that they are worth and they deserve respect themselves. And in that, that means giving them the tools and strategies in which they can protect themselves and others and know where to seek help if they're confused or if they've got a problem. The other factor that also builds responsibility is that community service program. And I think Rosemary would be best in talking on this. Um, okay, well, community services in everything we do, whether it's just in the classroom or um, beyond. So we um, obviously have a wonderful service learning program, which is also run by the heads of year. And we've got an amazing um, chaplain, Smalley, as well, who um, runs programs for the girls running from year seven to year 12. Um, just this last week, we've been very fortunate just to see the journey of our year 10 girls through the Nelson program um, and them sharing their stories when they visited the residencies and what they have taken from that, but really the gift of giving. So it's really important the girls understand that um, we are very fortunate um, there's a lot of people less fortunate than ourselves and to be able to give back to the community and that can be done through Christmas appeals so they're actually doing some things around there whether it's through our refugee program whether it's through our soup patrol program which Helen's had a lot to do with over many many years how many years have you been involved with that Helen? Well Jodie Lambert has been co- coordinating a lot of it and I just help driving. Mm. <laughs> so. Very important role. It is a very important role and um, you know the, just the demand around that's really important whether it be through community service, whether it's through um, United Church or through Anglicare. So we've got many programs um, on offer, whether it's across the road and we help out at the old people's home. So there's lots of ways for the girls to give back. But more importantly, the girls find their own opportunities to do that. So when they actually come with an idea and say, I would like to do, um, our role is to be able to help them get there. Um, And then that also ties in with their own leadership journey and finding their fire. So through this, the girls find a lot of their own interests and passions, but it's also the joy of um, appreciating um, how fortunate we are and being grateful for what we have. So it's it's a really important part of what we do. And I think just listening to Rosemary and Helen, certainly everything that's happening is within the pillars of mental health. If you think about what makes somebody feel mentally well or mentally healthy, you've got things like the importance of social connection, the importance of volunteering and and giving back to others, the importance of lifestyle and the importance of learning skills around social and emotional development and not just looking at the grade being everything. So, you know, just listening to Helen and Rosemary talk just now, I think, you know, we really are teaching the girls explicitly and implicitly about the importance of looking after themselves and understanding what it, what it sort of takes to feel well within themselves. Okay, to finish off with, I always love seeing um, the girls walk across um, the valedictory stage from year 12 and you've actually seen them progress from year 7 to year 12. Maybe we might have a story each that we might share on where someone actually started in year 7 or year 8 and then um, seeing them graduate in year 12 and seeing them into well-rounded, confident, independent young ladies. Would you like, since you're ahead of me? Because all of them were beyond as well Um, and not just um, the students started in year seven where you think they're nervous that transition has been challenging for them and what are what are they going to take responsibility what are that what where can they seek help how can we help them find those different practical skills and strategies so that they can move forward through their journey at MLC and I think for me one of the sort of heartwarming stories was 
uh, especially when we have, well, COVID and then we've experienced a range of different international students have still been learning online and we've been able to sort of support them as well in their well-being. But the main aim is to make sure that they finish the year with that big sense of belonging. And my final week with my year 12s were absolutely pockets of joy left, right and centre. I greatly enjoyed it and I know every single one of the students greatly enjoyed it because they had a connection and the word I used in my final speech was a sisterhood where they were so connected together and on that valedictory walking across the stage watching their parents being so proud of the young people that they had become was truly heartwarming. And that one moment where one of our students gave her um, farewell speech on behalf of the Year 12s and there was a spontaneous applause by the girls of that sisterhood where they just basically applauded, nearly stood up saying how how proud they were of her. Um, She had obviously her own challenges and just the joy um, that she shared that I think there wasn't a dry eye in the room by the parents where they just said, this is what MLC brings to our daughters. So if they can just get up and just that sisterhood coming together and um, holding them in their arms and raising them up, then we've done our job, which is really, really important. I'd like to really thank um, Tanya and Helen for joining us today to do this podcast and sharing their passion about wellbeing. Um, It definitely is a team effort. I really appreciate the time. So thank you for everybody. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, feel free to like, share or leave a review and make sure to stay tuned for episodes to come. 